On today's episode, I hope you brought your appetite for some art as we discuss money, memes, and cannibalism. Mmm. I'm Matthew J. Pulowski, a film and television director. And I'm Rob Wartell, and I'm an airbrush artist. This is an art podcast for the everyman. It's a lowbrow look at highbrow culture. Each episode, we deconstruct the definition of art while giving our unfucking filtered opinions. Ladies and gentlemen, start your earbuds. This is Listen to Your Art. All right, we're back. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. Yeah. What have you been up to since the last time I saw you, Rob? I've been painting guitars, actually. One was a Marilyn Monroe-themed guitar. The other is a Sean Connery guitar. Did you pick the subjects or no? No, I did not. They originally wanted me to do zombified versions of them, but I changed it because Sean Connery just recently passed away. I didn't think it was in good taste to do yeah. a zombie Sean Connery. Too soon. A little too soon, yeah. Unless you don't like the guy, then you're like, fuck. <laughs> no, I like Sean it's Connery. never too soon. He was the best When bond. you don't like somebody. No, he's the man. So uh, these were paid gigs, I'm guessing. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So let me ask you, when you're doing a work of art as a professional artist who's getting paid, if you're getting paid a really good amount of money to do a guitar, like you're talking about airbrushing, do you airbrush it differently? Or when you're getting paid a little less, do you not, do you not put the same effort in? Uh, I don't really change how good of a job I do. I just procrastinate the shit out of it. If I'm not making money, I put it to the side and I take on something else where I'm making money. You know what I mean? When we're young, we, I think, have a different perspective of what it's going to be like to be a professional artist, what it's going to be like to be an artist who gets paid. And then as you get older, things change. Like when I was younger, I would have done any, I, I would have worked on anything for free just to get the experience. Your art, you can pretty much do it solo. Like you don't need like a crew. Right. What I hate about what I do is I really can't go do my art form in the best way capable without a lot of people. Yeah. It's about being able to get good people and that takes money. So it becomes this constant problem of a necessity of needing a certain level of money to actually even do your art. Right. And right. so it's very frustrating. And then the projects that I often see and work on that do have money are absolutely terrible. It's baffling to me. Like I've, I've, I've cut films that have gone to Sundance and I've never met the director or even had a conversation. With really? Them. Yeah. That's insane. It drives me nuts. And then Do see, they like, not just give a shit? The directing jobs are so few and far between. So, right? so as someone who directs and edits, it drives me crazy because when I'm editing and I don't even talk to the director, I'm essentially, in the way I look at it, Creating I'm directing your goddamn movie. Absolutely. I'm directing your fucking movie in the edit and you're getting credit for mm -hmm. it and I can't stand it. It's sad, but it's, uh, it's the money. I, if the money wasn't there, I wouldn't do it. But yeah. I make sure I charge enough to quell the creative problems that i have with the project yeah you know, at certain right do you do that too like at a certain point you have to charge a certain price point oh absolutely. or it's not worth your time absolutely because as you get older you realize it's not even so much about the money it's about the time time is valuable yes. yeah yeah i just got I, I was just in correspondence with this uh designer a big i don't want to say his name but a, a very high-end fashion designer he didn't know you know what it took to hire somebody or what it took to to employ somebody if I'm not making money on it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it for nothing. I'm not a kid. Yeah. You know? When it's time to pay your rent at the end of the month, you, uh, the landlord doesn't take exposure as a uh, payment, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Which, you know, actually brings me to a, a point when we look at, let's say like fine art or traditional art, right? When you think of like how you put a value on other trades, other professions, other things, a car has uh, parts that's, that's a cost. There's a labor to build a car. The brand of the car has value to it, right? Like a, a Mazda is going to run a different price than a Mercedes. But when you make a car, you can price out the value of something like that. And most tangible things in our world based on the cost of the product, the cost of the labor, the cost of the brand. But when you look at art, art is one of those few things. If you really think about it, you're not looking at a work of art and you're going, well, what did the paint cost? Mm -hmm. What did the canvas right. cost? You're not really looking at the hours of like, well, this is more expensive because uh, it took him 20 hours to paint instead of five. Yeah. The only thing maybe that corresponds is the brand, which is, I think, kind of interesting. Where, like, if this is a Banksy, that's going to be more money than, a, you know, a, a Joe Smith. You're not really paying for the time. Because if I'm really good at what I do, I can do what I do rather quickly. So you're not paying me for my time. You're paying me for my talent. To pinstripe something, you know, the, I, I may charge $150. And it's because it only takes me a little while to do it. And people are like, well, you charged me $150. It only took you 20 minutes to do it. Well, then you do it. And it's going right. to take you three days. What's the most you ever spent on a piece of art that you bought for uh, 
your own enjoyment? <laughs> Maybe $50. Really? No, that's not true. $150. Wow. It was a portrait of me, actually, that somebody from how American you, Chopper did. How egotistical. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> was this in Times Square? It was one of those things. No, 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 no. It was at a, it was an auction house. It was Mikey from, from Orange County Choppers. Mikey Tuttle. Yeah. When I was in uh, China, uh, I had an interesting experience. I went to a, a village. It was, I think it was called the Daifan Oil Paint Village. And it was fascinating because if you ever want to see the strangest mix of commercialism and art uh, just clashing, uh, this entire village is made up of tiny little shops, thousands of artists. I mean, uh, uh, shops as small as this vocal booth. And there's art all over the walls. And they basically clone and manufacture famous works of art. So you, there'll be Van Goghs and they are just painting them uh, like an assembly line, just painting replicas of famous they're works. Pain, of, they're literally by painting hand, them. By hand. Really? And uh, interesting enough, uh, at one point in the entire world, 60% of all of the art for sale in the entire world originated from this village. Now, were they selling this art as, as original? No, no, no. Right. It, it was understood that they were replicas. Okay. Uh, you know, Not things that you'd buy in like a souvenir store. Uh, outside of like a museum or something like that. Huh. Talking about art and money. I mean, when I first moved to Manhattan, trying to break in, be a filmmaker, be a, a television producer, I got this job. It was an art gallery in New York City that was pairing filmmakers with traditional artists to do a joint project. I was going to make essentially a video work of art incorporating a traditional work of art that would hang in a gallery and be displayed there like on a television. I think it paid like 1200 bucks. And at that time I was like 22 years old. I was like, damn, 1200 bucks sounds good to me. <laughs> so, uh, I got paired with this artist, nice enough guy, but was very like hipstery, very like, this guy's not going to want to have a catch with a football at all. <laughs> Don't even ask him, you know, it's being this weird jock artist myself. So the idea of this uh, project together was that I was supposed to, as a filmmaker, take his work of art and make some statement about commercialism and artwork. I tried to think of like, what is the most kind of lowest common denominator of like the American store where art would not be appreciated? And uh -huh. I'm like, I'm going to make a Walmart commercial. Yep. The idea of the commercial was that the people in the commercial go to Walmart, buy a work of art and don't know what to do with it. Like instead of hanging it on their wall, they use it for stupid practical purposes. Like they're using it to change their channel. They're using it to serve food. It was, it was kind of a fun project. But when I went to work with the artist, I'm like, well, what do you, you know, which, which painting am I going to grab? He was like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't care. And he just was so not into it. And his kind of attitude was, Why like, agree? Oh, I, I, I don't know. He probably got paid, I guess. Yeah, all right. So he was like, you can have this one. And he gave me this work of art and it was called Presidential Smiles. And it was former presidents of the United States, close-ups of their mouth done in black ink on white canvas that I don't even think was primed. It just looked like not good. Okay. It was not a good work of art. And I didn't want to say that to him, but then I was like, well, well, can you tell me about this? Like, is this ink? And he was like, well, he goes, I just put a projector up of, uh, presidents and their smiles and I traced it. And I'm like, you didn't, this is not even painted. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's tracing. tracing. Yeah. Right. My kid could have done and, this. And again, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just grabbed the work, did my thing, made the commercial years later. I'm like, you know, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And honestly, in my head, I'm thinking like, this guy probably fucking jumped off a building. Cause he just seemed really down, down and out when I met him. So I'm like, you know, Google. He's somebody famous. And it's like, guess who's dating the Olsen twins? Guess who just sold like a million dollar work of art to like such and such collector? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I think, oh my God, I have one of his originals. But I didn't never gave it back. I have his, one of his original works of art. Uh -huh. this, this is like a payday. A never before seen. Right. Cha-ching. Right. <laughs> the only problem is, after having that painting in my house for maybe 15 years, sitting there, every day it's sitting there and I'm looking at it, I'm fucking hate this thing. I can't, I fucking hate the way it looks. I hate the composition. I threw it out in the garbage. No. Yeah. Oh. I, I, my, uh, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's gone. It's in the garbage somewhere. What's, what's this guy's name? Uh. Banksy? <laughs> no, it's not Banksy. I'm going to say his name was Nate Loman. Uh, because his name was Nate Loman. Let me show you work of his art, and you tell me, like, was I wrong? Like, am I wrong? Like, okay. just wasn't my flavor. Gotcha. All right, so let's 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 take a look. Can you describe the art to the listeners at home, please? What do you see? It's a happy face with a purple grin, one blue eye. That's a circle, and another greenish, ochre-looking eye. That's a diamond, and it's on yellowish, dirty backgrounds with 
specks all over it. Do you like it? I, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it either. I wouldn't look at it twice. I think you're being actually quite kind. I it looks am. like a <laughs> shitty Band-Aid that's been stuck underneath like a water drop and a chiclet. Okay. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. It's, I guess, minimalistic, yeah. simple, childlike. I don't understand art like this. And you know what? Let me ask you, what do you think that, what, how much do you think that goes for? I have no idea. That's worth $70,000 in the art world. What? Yeah. That I, pisses me off. I want to know. I want, I want to know. I want someone to write in, comment, email. Someone tell me. Why? What, uh, no, no, no. I want the appraisal of the thing that I threw out just so I know how much I could hate my, I should hate myself. Oh. I probably have video of it yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You know, this is probably like later in his years yeah. where. That, yeah. That means the thing that I threw, it's over a hundred grand. Yeah. Easily. Nate Lohman. I know we go way back. <laughs> I know things haven't always been the best between us. But I've always thought you were a great guy. Yeah. If you happen to hear this and you want to redeem this whole bad experience and you want to send me a check in the mail, I'll take like 50 grand. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but you know what? 70 grand for that thing? That is, that's, see, I don't understand that. That's, and you know what? This is light years better than what the piece that was in my thing. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, it's, that's an old one. That's one of his an original, pieces. Right. Uh, Krista, you're our art expert. Uh, I'm an expert, but do, well, I, com <laughs> relatively comparatively speaking. speaking, in this <laughs> environment, you are you're a fucking genius. Um, do you know the name Nate Loman in the art world? When you hear that name, do you know who that um, okay, is? Okay, so when you said Olsen twin, I I knew who you were talking about when you said he did an Olsen twin. I that, wouldn't have been able to like say his name. I wouldn't have been able to guess it. But then when I Google him, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who that guy is. God, that makes me upset. <laughs> Do we know which Olsen twin he was? Was he dating him I or married? I think it was Mary-Kate, and I think he just dating. Just All right. dating. Well, that's the evil twin, right? Because every twin yeah. has one good, one evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at least he got the shit under the stick. <laughs> at this point, I'd date fucking Uncle Joey. What, what, do you think, what do you think the thing I threw out is worth? You, you oh, the thing you, you threw out? I mean, I, I guess your guess is good. I mean, like over 100,000, I would guess. <sighs> God. Right? Because this one that we're looking at is like from 2010, I think. Yeah, this would or have been. Eight, 2008. This would have been about 2002, I think, that I. But keep in mind also, this could have been one of his lower earning work. Yeah. So you're, you, what you have could potentially be worth half a million dollars. Or a million. Or a right? million. Why yeah. not? Fuck it. Right. God damn it. In my house, there was a moment of like, well, wait, maybe we didn't throw it out. And we just looked through everything. Yeah. Where the fuck is it? I'm like, no, I distinctly remember going, this is leaving the house. <laughs> this is finally leaving. All right. Well, clearly we've established that I have no ability to recognize the value mm -hmm. of something when it comes to the art world. So, you know, maybe I can brush up on my skills and uh, play a little game. We like to play art games here, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to play something called What's It Worth? What's It Worth? All right, so Rob, you're familiar with The Price is Right, mm -hmm. an amazing show. Absolutely. One of my favorites. Host of uh, Price is Right. Always Bob Barker, right? Not Drew Carey. Oh, without a doubt. Bob Barker's the man. The Barker beauties. So Krista, our amazing producer and art connoisseur, is going to be connoisseur. identifying today as our own Bob Barker. Oh and my God, how exciting. <laughs> presenting us with some art. Uh, it's just like Price is Right. We guess. The value. Closest uh, dollar amount to the value of the art wins, but you can't go over. One little spin we're going to put on this, though, is uh, collectively we get three questions. And that's going to hopefully help us uh, get closer to maybe an idea of what this thing might be worth. Okay. Okay. All right. So hit us with our first work of art. I will say this. If at the end of this, if we don't get to spin a giant fucking wheel of money, I'm going to be a little upset. <laughs> what was that thing called? One that what spins closest that? to a dollar? Yeah. yeah. It's just the wheel. Oh, no, 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 no. It's oh, a showcase showdown? Showcase showdown. Yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Rob, why don't you uh, describe our first work of art that we're looking at here? Do you know the art? Right this from? is a pop artist. Uh, I can't think of the name right now. It's not. It's Can't, it's reminiscent right. of a of a Warhol, right? It's a. It's, well, it's better a, than a Warhol. A female female <laughs> character. Uh, is she looking at herself in the mirror or out the window? What's she looking out there? She, she looks a little afraid. She's uh, topless. Like somebody's yeah. 
like somebody's peeking in her window. Do we get any basic info before we ask our question? Sure. I'll, I'm happy to give you the artist okay. and the name of the painting and the year. This is by Roy Lichtenstein. Mm-hmm. It's called Nude with Joyous Painting, and it was painted in 1994. So you get that basic info, and you'll get three additional questions. Hopefully I have the answers to them. All right. Uh, you mind if I ask the first question? Yeah, go ahead. Do we know the size or the scale of this art? Yep. Um, it's 70 by 53 inches. Okay, it's a big one. What's the uh, size again, please? 70 by 53 <laughs> inches. I'm taking this shit serious. Shut that down. It's like the fucking spelling bee on ESPN. You're like, country of origin, please? <laughs> uh, dialect, Can please? you put that in a form of a sentence? Yes. Can you use this painting in a sentence? Um, 70 by 53, all right, large scale. Well, Rob, are you thinking uh, the scale usually uh, translate over to dollar signs? Like bigger, Sometimes more money? Yeah, yeah, right. Kind of justify that price a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this because I probably should know. But is the creator still alive or is he dead? Yeah, he died in 1997. I think we're already asking more than three questions. What did he die of? He was born in 23? Yeah. Oh, he was old. Okay. So this was uh, one of his later works then, right? Uh, he was 74. Okay. Yeah, so, so later work. Later work. Mm-hmm. Large scale. Artist deceased. Rob, you can guess we'll uh, ping pong. You take the next question. It's a little bit unfair. Three questions, two people. You get two. I get one. It's not fair. But well, next ahead. time we'll swap it around, okay? All right. Is this currently hanging in a museum? Um, It was sold in an auction. I don't believe it to a museum. Now, can we do that asshole thing from The Price is Right and be like, one dollar? Remember when motherfuckers <laughs> yes. used to always do that? Yes, those what, are bastards. You know, I don't remember. I haven't watched The Price is Right in a long time. But if somebody did that, could somebody else be like, two dollars? Two dollars, absolutely. Like, you're fucked now. Uh-huh. What wow. now, bitch? Yeah. yeah. You better hope that shit's one dollar, because if it ain't, you just <laughs> lost. You know what? I am going to say this is worth a lot of money. I mean, I've seen his paintings before. If I'm not mistaken, it's drawn from comics. I mean, the, the inspiration for his work is, right. is pulled from the books of comic book pages, which would use that single dot uh, technique for shading. It's cool. It's cool. I, I, I don't know that I would. Yeah, I guess I would buy it. Is that going to affect your guess at how much it is? The fact that you like it or don't like it? Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to guess. I'm writing my number down. This sold for... $725,000. I think this artist was fairly prolific. And I think the more art you create, maybe the less valuable it becomes because you have more of a catalog out there. I'm going to go with $49,000. Now, Krista, before you give the answer, are you going to do that yodeling thing from the Price is Right? Do you remember that? God, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Where he falls off the cliff. No, I don't have talents like that. <laughs> oh, little, we don't have the budget yet. Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah. That's great. That's so much fun. All right, what do we got? What's our... What's our are, are, are either of us close? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> really? No. Okay, you ready for the reveal? You can tell 70 million. 70 are, we million. Both, are we both over? No. We're both way under. Okay, think about it. I Nate know. Lohman, neither of you knew who he was, selling shit for $70,000. <laughs> Roy Lichtenstein, we all know who this guy is. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I thought, you know what, I kind of thought maybe this was a trick. Like, Wait, for, Rob, what was your price? What did you say? I said seven twenty-five. Okay. I went low and just said, because I thought, I don't know. All right, so I'm just going to tell million. you, because pitch you out of this mystery misery. It sold um in July of 2020 for... $46,242,500. Are you fucking... $46 Well, I had the 4-9 part you in know, there, just a couple zeros off. I don't think any oh, art should God. go for 40... If it could feed a country, it sh- art shouldn't be worth that. If that's that's disgusting. Well, now I just look like a fucking moron. <laughs> Wow. Stupid. <laughs> I'm the fucking Chris Farley of fucking art. I'm really excited. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Well, that's not art at all. That's just a fucking bowl. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, uh, our next work of art uh, is obviously pottery. Uh, I know a little bit about this. That looks like that looks like some Ming Dynasty shit right there. Well, why don't we first... Because I know a little bit about this. Is that right? Am I right? That's right. It's porcelain. Yeah, so um, this is from the Ming Dynasty. There's like no title for it. Ming Dynasty Porcelain Bowl, 15th century. This is the bowl that would 
capture the blood when they would decapitate their enemies. That looks like cereal. I think they just drink soup out of it. I think cereal. <laughs> my, my story is much more interesting. <laughs> is this in a museum? No. Is this the receptacle from Two Girls, One Cup? <laughs> no. Did Nate Lohman make this? Because if the answer is yes, then I'll go fuck yourselves. No, it's not. You know, if this was in my house, I would have thrown this out too. I'm so stupid. I'm still going to err on the side of caution without wanting to go over. I'm going to say $999,000, just under $1 million. I'm going to be a dick and say $1 million. <laughs> You're that guy. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess $4 million. Okay, well, you're both over on this one. Oh, damn. We got a second chance. That's a good one. I think that's that's what they used to do, right? (laughs) Second guess. Are you going to second guess? You want a second guess? That's second guess. Mm, It's the the, the modern day version of the price is right. I guess the price is always right. Everybody wins a trophy. 14,000. Okay, all right. Matt, second guess? Uh, I'll go with $199,000. Okay, so Matt's closer, second time around. So what's fun about this one is somebody bought this at a flea market recently. I heard about this. In Connecticut for $35. Yep. He brought it to um, Sotheby's. There were only six in the world from like this collection from the Ming Dynasty. So they had an estimate that it would sell for like $500,000, which for a little bowl, I'd say is a pretty good price. But it ended up selling for $721,000. Eight hundred dollars. Wow! So I wasn't crazy far off. No, you my were. first yeah, guess, but it's like you were off by like two hundred thousand dollars. That's like the price sure. of a house. So like I don't know. Is that a lot? Is but that not a lot? Does it not bother anybody that this is seven hundred, roughly seven hundred thousand dollars for this from the Ming Dynasty, right? So it's got age. Yeah, it's got functionality. And then prior to this, the dude from the nineties puts a bunch of dots on mm-hmm. a piece of paper of a half naked chick, and it's worth forty six million. Like, would you right. not value this higher? Without a doubt. Right. Yeah. So that was that was the Reagan dynasty. Yeah. What do you think? Thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. This has got a lot of history behind it. Just goes to show naked chicks always sell more than some boring old bull. <laughs> All right. I think we have one final round of we what's do. it worth coming up. Well, we've already established that I completely suck at this. All right. So let's uh, describe it for uh, everyone who can't see what we can see. This looks like a collage of stamps. They're very tiny, tiny, tiny images all compiled together side by side top to bottom to form something that doesn't make one giant picture that's for sure this looks to me like uh what i believe is called pixel art krista can you tell us what is this yeah um so it's by an artist named beeple sorry named what <laughs> beeple b-e-e-p-l-e i already don't like it god gotta be just based on that i don't like it um, it's called Every Day's the First 5,000 Days. It's a collage. So like these works of art, art start like from, I think, I think it's like 13 years ago he started creating them. So there, there are 5,000 images in there? Yeah. So and he, they're all 5,000 original pieces correct, of his art? Correct. Okay. Are these photographs or paintings or like what is the medium to create it, these little works of art? They're digitally made. Did I just burn one of my questions? Oh, uh, yeah. You burned a question. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't forget to have your uh, animals spayed or neutered, by the way. <laughs> Why would that always be on there? <laughs> I don't know. Every time a child, I, I never castration. understood. I'm like, wow, this guy really doesn't he really want, hates pets. He wants to control the animal population. <laughs> Sick bastard. It's your turn, Ron. Digital art, so that I don't need to know when it was created, because that tells me that it was relatively recently. Is this artist very famous? Now he is. I want to know the scale, but I also... See, what I want to know is... All right, when you say digital art, mm-hmm. this is created on a computer. Mm-hmm. So there's... Is there a scale to this? Um, It's in pixels. Yeah. Because I hate it, it probably went for a ridiculous amount of fucking money. This shit's going $44 million, angry. dollars. This that's my guess. It's going to make me angry. And I'm sorry, the name of the artist again, just so I can hate him? People. I, people. <laughs> you know what I hate, Be- Rob? People. You know what I hate, Rob? People named people? No, I hate People. <laughs> Would you guess? $44 million. $44 million. Okay, let me see. Our first work of art was $46 million. Then we had $700,000. I'm going to go with $5 million for this piece of shit. 
Rob wins. <laughs> no fucking way. Wait, wait, what was your that answer? That pisses $44 million. $44 million dollars for this? Wow. How much did it sell for? $69 million. Good fucking oh. lord. $69 million for this people. This people. is an NFT, and I think it was the first one to sell. Um, N- an NFT. A non-fungible token, so they're artworks that only exist digitally. Fungible? Fungible. I have a non-fungible piece of artwork by people. I, I don't understand this. That's just... Wait, I don't ugh. understand what it is. These non-fungible tokens are like cryptocurrency for art. Wow. And FTP, sorry. FTP stands for what? NFT. NFT. Non-fungible what? Token. Not fucking, not fucking buying it. That's what it stands for. <laughs> now, can you buy yeah. this with real money, or do you have to use fake uh, uh, Bitcoin money to buy this fake work of art? Oh, Christie's allowed cryptocurrency for this auction. The first time it's been done. So, if this sold for sixty-nine million Bitcoin, it's like ten bucks cash. Twelve ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That makes more sense. I'm. We can end it on that. I think that's the best way. That. That's a fact, by the way. Don't even bother Googling it. <laughs> Don't look at Snopes. You heard it right here. Absolutely. I'm listening to your art. It's always truth. Get your people. Get your, Get people. your people on. Well, Rob, I'm pretty sure that's just a reminder of why Matt doesn't have nice things at home. <laughs> holy shit. I did pretty bad. You did pretty good. I was a totally lucky guess that last one. I guess when you're going to guess, guess high in the art world. Because, I guess so. Man, those prices are The stupider inflated. it is the more it's worth. That's just what it comes down to with art. I'm so upset after that. I'm going to have another drink. In case you need a reminder, Krista, who is not just an art expert, but a mixologist. I guess every episode you could say you pair a alcoholic drink with uh, some theme in our show that Rob and I don't really know about until the very end of the show, and that's part of the fun. Uh, We either get wasted or figure it out by the end. Krista, I noticed today we're drinking from two cups uh, I'm an overachiever, so I've already finished my one cup of what tastes like red wine, and I'm working on my second. Let's see. I noticed one has a little piece of tape on it. Right. That's right. And one does not. Yeah. So one is poisoned and the other <laughs> is not. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, what's your thinking behind today's beverage? Okay. So I used to work in the wine industry. So I brought you two separate bottles of wine for you guys to taste. And, you know, at the end of the episode i'm curious which one you guys prefer i haven't even touched mine yet have a sip swirl it around and smell it because wine needs to breathe as they say the more oxygen that touches the wine the more it opens up and flavors come out swirl it around in your mouth a little bit and then swallow okay so just to reiterate sniff it put it in your mouth swallow it and then that means you're finished (laughs) yes money shot good job matt (laughs) thanks (laughs) Rob, while you're getting wasted over there and getting a little tipsy, we're going to look at some classic works of art. And instead of maybe interpreting them, talking about their medium or their emotion or the creative inspiration they draw, let's turn them into shitty memes we'd find on the internet. With a little game I like to call Meme This Painting. Now, I'm sure everyone knows what a meme is, but just in case they don't, do you want to define what a meme is? Well, basically, a meme is a, a humorous image, video, or piece of text that's copied and often changed slightly uh, and spreads rapidly among the internet. Becomes viral, basically. Not yeah. to be confused with a GIF. Are GIFs memes? Um, I no. They're not interchangeable, but a GIF can be a meme. A GIF is animated, I believe, correct? Right. right. Uh, this just shows how the old difference. we are. Now, do you know who Bryce Harper is? No. Quick side note. Bryce Harper is a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day after a game, he was giving a press conference, and he goes, uh, I don't want to say anything stupid, because there'll be a may-may made after me. A may-may? He thought the word meme, when really? spoken, said may-may. may-may. So now, oh. I'm a big baseball fan, and he always plays on my team's uh, rival team, so whenever he plays my team, I sit right behind his dugout, and when he's wearing one up, I go, hey, may-may! <laughs> I, go, I call him may-may. And he, I, it's got to just drive him nuts. It's like one small mistake he made in life, and I'll just never let him live it down. So you're not just an internet troll. You're an actual troll. Oh, I'm a, yeah. I live <laughs> under a bridge. Did you, know, did you notice that when you sent me some mail and it was just bridge? No address? Bridge? Bridge? So we don't want to become maymays ourselves. No, we don't. So let's do our best here. Maybe we can work together. Krista, can you tell us what our first work of art here that we're going to look at and try to turn into a meme? 
Sure. Um, the artist is Francisco Goya, and this is Saturn devouring his son, and it was painted between 1819 and 1823. And work of art looks like, obviously, maybe oil paint on canvas. It's a uh, black background. It is an elderly male figure eating a human being. It's a little demented. It makes me think of that old Alka-Seltzer commercial, like, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Can't believe I ate my whole son. Alka-Seltzer. Or that KFC one, where, remember that one? It was, uh, I can't believe I ate the bones. I never saw, never heard that. <laughs> Am I the only one who watches television <laughs> religiously? No, I think of uh, the old Tootsie Pop commercials with the owl. It was how many bites, how many licks oh, does it take? Yes, a one, many- a two, a three, three. <laughs> How many licks does it take to eat your own child? Kids, like, you don't stop jumping on the couch. Dad's going to eat you. <laughs> That'll learn you. Did he say spank you? No, he said eat, said you. eat you. And then, you you know, he's eating the one. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Billy's. There was four of us at one there time. There goes Billy. He's <laughs> in dad's stomach. <laughs> Cannibalism in general, not a, never a good thing. Although, going back I'm to I'm trying like, to think of a circumstance where it might be, but no, there probably isn't one. I always think, when I think of cannibalism, I think, remember that incident that happened when that airplane crashed? And those people had to eat each other. The, the soccer team, yeah. Yeah, soccer team. Yeah. And they you know, made a film about it, I think, with Ethan Hawke. I always think, like, the second I get in remotely close of a dangerous situation, I like to pretend like it's like that. Like, let's just say, like, we're out of here and uh, we get stuck on the elevator app. And, like, <laughs> within the first five minutes, I, I just want to be like, fuck it. We got to start eating people. You don't know how long we're going <laughs> to be here. Start looking at people and they look like drumsticks just yeah. standing there. Like, that like the cartoons. cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just want to, like, put it in people's heads, like, it's been five <laughs> minutes. I think we should start. I think we should eat Carol. We're going to start fucking pitting people against each other like, you know, uh, Bob's talking. He's going to eat you. <laughs> you don't eat him first. Just have everybody turn on each other. Uh, so let's go. Though. We got to meme this. I mean, I'm trying to think of other popular memes this might fit into. You know, there's that popular meme that's like, I'm going to tell my kids this was. Yeah. Okay. Those type of things, right? Where it is, but it's not. Like, I feel like, like I'm going to tell my kids this was uh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Quite possibly could right. be. That's Evander Holyfield. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's eating my children, but when I do, I eat the dumbest one. <laughs> it's the best we can come up with right now. But you know what? If, if anybody out there listening has got something better, write us in, email us. All of our artwork is posted on our website at listentoyourartpod.com. So you don't have to just uh, envision what we're talking about. You can actually play along at home, scroll through our website, look at the works of art we're talking about, and maybe you can vest us with, uh, with a meme here. It's kind of hard, though, when you have a guy eating his goddamn son to just come up with a meme. Because I'm, I'm kind of just in horror. It's, it's really disturbing. I mean, the guy has this crazed look in his face. Now, the artist's name is Goya? Yeah, Francisco Goya. Uh-huh. Same guy who started the uh, Goya Bean Company. Yeah, Goya, Goya, it's all Goya. Maybe that's what it should be. <laughs> it should be an ad for Goya beans. Mmm, tastes like people. Yeah. Now, this isn't on canvas. It's not on canvas? No. What is it on? This artist painted this on his wall of his home. He did several paintings on his walls, and this was converted to a canvas. Correct. Okay. Right, after he died, Yes. All right, next work of art. Krista, what do you have for us? Okay, next up is by Edward Munchen from 1893. It's called The Scream. I think lots of people might be familiar with this one. It's a bald face person on a bridge. Pale skin. Uh, very pale skin with his mouth open like... <gasps> He's gasping. His hands are at the side of his face. And there's a, I'm going to say maybe a sea and a sky behind him that's very swirly, very uh, stylized. Very interesting piece. It looks like looks like pastels, actually, but I'm sure it wasn't. Now, before we get into ripping this a new asshole and making it a meme, can we just talk a little bit about, from an artist's perspective, a serious note? Like, I like this a lot. And what I like about it is, you know, it's asymmetrical, but it's still balanced in terms of the way this painting is laid out. I go from the top left and work my way down to the central figure. Do you do that when you see this? Where does your eye go right away? No, it went right towards him at first. But you you may be onto something, actually, because there could have been a reason for him doing that swoop, because it really does do that. And although it's very stylized, it's very, very well done. I mean, look at the shading on the railings, that you see the highlight from the sun and then the shadow underneath it. It is. It's a great work of art. It really is. It's cool. Bloody red sky turns to black and blue color, which also a highly desaturated uh, figure at the bottom. Really ghost-like person mm-hmm. uh, who just looks terrified. 
I feel like this painting was hanging up next to the painting we just looked at and was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? The dude's eating his kid? And they were petrified from it, yeah. We gotta try to meme this. I'm gonna tell my kids this is Macaulay Culkin leaving Neverland Ranch. Oh. Too hard? It does look like Macaulay Culkin in, in what was that movie that he's most famous for? Home Alone. Alone. Yeah, when he puts the, the cologne on his face. Yeah. <gasps> You ever see the cartoon Watership Down as a kid? Yes, absolutely. Does this remind you of that at all? Do you remember what happened in that fucking cartoon? It was a kid's cartoon about a psychic rabbit and all of his friends yes. get fucking massacred and murdered. Yep. Now think about that. Think about when we were kids, like that was what normal was. That yeah. would never fly today. Remember that movie in the 90s called Powder? Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. Oh my God, bit. yes it does. Do you know that about the, author, the, the guy who wrote that? No, I, don't. I just know that. It's a pedophile. Oh, really? Yeah. He did Jeepers Creepers, the guy who did Powder. I did not expect that to go there. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> the guy who wrote and directed Powder wrote and directed Jeepers Creepers. And he's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. He went to prison for that. No wonder he didn't get that Home Alone job. <laughs> he always wanted to work with Macaulay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we have a meme for this one, but I think we basically denigrated it enough to devalue it and make it worthless. So I think our job here is done. Let's move on to, to our next and final one. Oh, oh my American God. Godly. Sorry to step on you there, Rob. Nope, nope. You're obviously familiar with this work of art. You, well, yeah. Why it's don't a, you describe it to the nice folks at home? It's called American Gothic. It is uh, a farmer and his wife standing in the forefront of the picture, just like they're posing for the picture. Uh, but it's a painting. Can I stop you right there? Uh, go ahead. I know something about this painting. Do you? I do. What do you know? It's going to shock you. Your statement you just made is slightly incorrect. This is not a farmer and his wife. Oh. It's a farmer and his daughter. Really? Yes. She's had a hard life. I always thought the same thing. I For the longest time, I thought that's, you know, a couple. Husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I was in Harvard studying fine art, I learned... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, <laughs> I was on Facebook and I saw a meme and I followed it back to Wikipedia and lo and behold, <laughs> where I get all my education from? <laughs> yes, where I get my news, education, history, and you know updates about my family. Uh, no, that's actually his daughter. Wow. Uh, but uh, please continue. Uh, just for anyone who's not familiar with the work of art, why don't you give us a little well, visual Krista, description. Who, who painted this, Krista? Um, and when? Grant Wood in 1930. Okay. Uh, it's a very, very famous painting. Very well done. Very detailed. But go ahead. Give, give me your interpretation of it. Uh, well, it looks like two people who voted for somebody and then went to sleep while they were winning and then woke up the next day to find out he didn't win. That's a great description because that's exactly <laughs> what the expressions on their face say. He's looking at it like, oh, shit, four years of this. And she's like, how did that fucking happen? What do you mean we're not going to be great again? <laughs> he looks like somebody who might also say, get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we should ask Krista. Krista, can you give us some more intellectual information about this work of art? <laughs> sure. Sorry, just, actually, I'd love to know. Do, do we know who this is modeled after? Are these real people? So he painted it after driving around um, and spotting the house in the background in Iowa. When he painted it, he just wanted to paint a depiction of the type of people he thought would live in a house like that. So the painting um, was modeled after his um, sister and her dentist. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That is a little weird. The painter's motivation was his sister and her dentist. Her dentist. I'm, I'm no dentist, but isn't that a pitchfork he's holding? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, her mouth is closed, so she clearly like, has no teeth. Yeah, this is actually, we're starting to really get to something here. That's a dentist with a fucking pitchfork, and mm -hmm. her, she's got one of those, like, look at her mouth. There's a bit of a scar there. You yeah, see that? Yep. And she looks like one of those tight mouth talker people. You know what I'm talking about? No, she's talking like this. Shut her mouth. Yeah. Her. That pitchfork reminds me of, I don't know if this was like uh, from our generation. I mean, we're, we're pretty close in age. You remember when you were little and like for some reason everybody would just hang giant food utensils on their walls? Yes. Why did people do that? I don't that? know, but you're right. Like a giant fork and a giant spoon <laughs> wouldn't. Yes. Yeah, why? Why? Novelty silver, silverware was a thing to hang on your wall. Yeah, in the, but, it, uh, it was, 90s. but it was wooden. It was carved, but it was it was like maybe three or four feet long. A giant spoon and a giant fork, and people would decorate their houses by hanging these things. It was stupid. 
let's try to meme this motherfucker up here. So, uh, how about, you know, there's those memes where it's like that face you make when mm-hmm. that face you make when your stimulus check don't come in <laughs> and waiting. Yeah, I could see that. I think our work is done with that segment. Why don't we move on to something a little more serious? We've been talking a little bit about money and art and value and price points. You know, one thing I think is interesting, I don't know if you do this, it's probably just me because there's something wrong with me. <laughs> but like when I walk through a grocery store, I often, like when I'm shopping, I will look at the brands to see what type of art is displayed on them. I know that may sound crazy, but like if I'm in the butter aisle, I look at how people represent their company through art. You know, it's funny you say that because I do that too, but I do the opposite. If it's simpler, that's usually the one I'll choose because in my mind, I think it's more organic. So there's something to be said about trying too hard, you're saying. Like yeah. Overdone logo might, not even, might mean an inferior product. Exactly. All right. So with that in mind, that tees up our next segment quite well, which is called Money Shot. Money. All right. So we're going to go through some famous brands. Uh, and, and take a look at their logos and let's just critique them from an art standpoint and then maybe just comment on them in terms of, is it working, right? I mean, the idea of art and advertising is to get us to buy something. Rob, I know, let's pretend we're walking down the grocery uh, aisle together with our shopping cart and, oh, look, there's our first brand. Uh, Krista, what is it? Um, first up, we have the Pepsi logo. All right, everyone's pretty familiar with that. Uh, I guess it's kind of a spin on the American flag. Color palette is red, mm. white, and blue. What do you call that in the museum where you see, like, primate human? Progression of, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we're looking at that for the uh, Pepsi-Cola logo going back to 1898, which is amazing when you think about that. I had no idea that Pepsi has been around that long. 1898, it's very tattoo-y, hand-styled, exactly. right? Very tattoo-y, uh, or almost like a... Uh, a black death metal band called Pepsi Cola. The color palette has stayed the same, right? I mean, obviously, well, as it got they to the started 19- out just red on right. white, and then by the 1940s, it moved to the red, white, and blue, mm-hmm. which seems to make sense about what was maybe going on in the country at the time. Very patriotic uh, type of approach from a marketing standpoint. 1965 kind of looks like a gas station logo. That does yes, it very much does. So drink that. Yeah, you have 1996, which I guess you can call minimalist where the words Pepsi is not appearing on right. the logo. It is strictly a red, white, and blue. Kind of a bottle cap without the picture of the bottle cap. Oh, interesting. I didn't even read that as a bottle cap. Which is your favorite when you look at those? If you have to pick one, what's your favorite and why? I would choose the 1996 one without the word Pepsi on it. 96. Yep. That's I the minimalist, yeah. Yeah, anytime you can pull something off without using the word Pepsi is a success. I'd say the one I most respond to is actually the 1951 hand-painted approach. Mm -hmm. That's the one that jumps out at me. I just like it's simple uh, and direct and kind of uh, a throwback. Krista, which one do you like? Pretty similar to the one you chose, Matt, where it's like more simple, like you said, nostalgic, vintage-looking. Makes you think of like the glass bottle that it came in. When it comes to something like a a product, a food product, the logo is important, but at the end of the day, product matters. Like, this logo could look great. If I drink it and it tastes like shit, I I don't care. Right? But if the logo's garbage and I drink it and it's great, I'm probably going to buy it again. Yeah. But that first initial buy of a new product, I would say the art heavily weighs into your decision. Color palette, too, is important, right? Obviously, like certain colors, it's been uh, studied that psychologically colors have different effect on a uh, consumer, right? We know reds obviously indicate danger sometimes. Greens have been known to calm people down. Purple, I know, is often associated with royalty. So I'll be curious to see some of these other logos we look at and see maybe how they use that to maybe influence uh, one's opinion. Uh, what do we have up next? Ooh, I remember this. Orbitz. You know yeah, what this is? what was this? A- another drink called Orbitz. This was popular in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken, maybe early 2000s. It came out in 1997. 97. It only lasted a year. It was only on shelves for Really? Year. Yeah. But yet I remember it, yeah. and I never drank it. This was kind of like almost like a bubble tea. This was a carbonated drink that had kind of gelatinous beads in it. And, you know, I don't remember the branding and the logos, but I do remember the product because it was so different at the time. No one else was doing something like this. I remember actually drinking this. You did? I do. It sucked. Yeah. (laughs) It was horrible. It wasn't an alcoholic beverage? No, it was not. No, this was a carbonated, uh, you ever drink bubble tea? No. 
Bubble tea's got like, uh, what is that? What's in the bowl? Yeah, it's called boba. It's delicious. It's like um, tap, almost tapioca. like a tapioca, tapioca ball. Yeah. We gotta get you a boba, Rob. You gotta, you know, last episode you described yourself as a metrosexual, and I'm starting to think you were lying. Because <laughs> real metrosexuals drink boba? Absolutely. Okay. It's probably styrofoam. A bunch of kids died. That's why it's no longer out there That's anymore. Why it only lasted a year. Let's move on to our next logo. I noticed a theme here of uh, beverages. Beverages mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. theme. This one is called Recess. This is um, a CBD-infused sparkling water. So it's geared towards the millennial consumer. Okay. Potheads. Another way of saying potheads. I think the branding is awful. There are cans, normal size 16-ounce cans. They are flat in sheen. They're not glossy. They're flat. But they're all they're pastel colors. So one is pink. One is yellow-orange. One is like a pale pastel-looking purple. Looks like Easter eggs that are in a in a can. I don't like it at all. It's it. I don't find anything appealing about this. It looks more like fabric softener than a drink. Also, I don't like the word recess. That's the name of the brand, recess. It's too close to like regress. And the font is uh, very thin. It's not. There's nothing spectacular about it. I'll try and. I mean, would you try? I would try it. I'd go into it with uh, pessimistic mm-hmm. anticipation. Mm-hmm. Krista, have you have you drank this? Um, I've had friends that have drank it. And you still friends with them? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a millennial. This appeals to me. Really? You know what? Oh I, yeah. I knew it. I <laughs> wow. knew you were gonna like this shit. I knew you were gonna like this. So those marketing people know what the I hell they're doing. Like I knew it. Pastel colors. I like the simplicity. I like that it's matte. You like the matte finish? I do. Yeah. yeah. See, this is just some generational huh. shit going on here. I knew she was gonna like this. See, like wow. in, in our generation, you're like Rob. You want a Gatorade? Oh, what color do you want? Blue. Here you're like, oh, you want a recess? What color do you want? Mauve? Do you want sea bright green? Yeah, you're right. Like Gatorade's like, you want pink or blue? And if you're real shitty, you're like, you want a Powerade? And then it doesn't matter what color it is because it all tastes like shit. I um, gravitate towards the lavender and after dinner mint green one. After dinner mint green. Okay. Let's move on. Well, they did their job, those people. Now, this is what I'm talking about. See, Krista knows nothing about this. (laughs) Talk about calming. You crack open a nice A&W root beer, which is what we're looking at right now. It's a can that's modeled after a barrel with some delicious, foamy root beer spilling over the side. Now, that's the design. See, I'm not even talking about the actual, like, drink. And look at that. Aged vanilla. It's like the Jack Daniels of fucking soda right there, right? I don't know about you, but I'm a big root beer fan. And, like, this just makes me want to drink this all day, I'm all more night. of a sarsaparilla kind of guy myself, but uh, I do like uh, A&W. I like my A&W. And I got to say, this, this branding on this is spectacular. I love it. So do I. I bet Krista fucking hates it. But you it. know what? I bet she does, too. She thinks it's dank. A&W's been around for a long time, so it's targeting old bastards like us. Hell yeah. This is like when you were a kid, remember before you drank beer, you drank one of those and you pretend you were drinking a beer? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. The foam, your eye goes right to the foam. And you know what it's going to taste like just by looking at it. That's the amazing thing. What I think is interesting, I don't even need to look at the center logo, which is actually the most prominent uh, large-scale part of the design Mm -hmm. of the A&W. My eye goes right to the foam. Foam. Right? Because you know what that tastes like. It's Mm -hmm. a texture. It's a taste. It's like an ice cream soda too, right? When you get that root beer with that ice cream right. soda. Right, and when you pop it open for the first time, you know what those bubbles come up and you gotta Oh, okay. it's like crack. It, it is yeah. this crack of soda. It is. And it's funny is we have up on the screen uh, a few of their logos from 1919, 2007. I didn't even know they were there because I can't stop looking at that beautifully delicious <laughs> can of wooden aged <laughs> vanilla foamy deliciousness, which is right there. Right? It's fucking done. It's beautiful. Whoever it, uh, it looks cold and it looks wet. Now, now that I'd pay like thirty-six million dollars for. But that <laughs> fuck that bowl from the Ming Dynasty yeah. and that other dot fucking. I'd pour my top. A&W root beer in that bowl and swill it. Hundred percent. Bathe in it. Now that bowl's worth every penny it's because it's Absolutely. got an A&W root beer in it. Really quick, do you like any of these other logos that are up there? Or is it not even worth mentioning? Uh, we have our logos up from nineteen nineteen to two thousand seven on screen. All pretty simple. They they all kind of look like hockey teams to me. I do like the color scheme, black and red and white. We've discussed this before. It's a good color combination. You it know, makes I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of browns or tans, but with this, it works perfectly because again, you look at it and you know what it's going to taste like. Heaven in a can. But it's time to move on. So, uh, Rob, we're nearing the end of our program here, and we like to end every episode of Listen to Your Art on a high and classy note. 
So <laughs> we're going to play our favorite game, which is called Fuck, Mary Kill. Fuck, Mary Kill. For art. For art. A spinoff of the traditional schoolyard game that's highly inappropriate, where you have to make a decision based on three options. Which one would you fuck? Which one would you marry? And which one would you kill? What, now, what school did you go to that you playing this on the schoolyard? Uh, Princeton, Harvard. Uh, it's a combination <laughs> yeah. of two very well online known studies institutes. <laughs> I went to the Vry Institute. I went to the My Pillow School of Art and Design. It's a three day program. <laughs> All right, so Rob, we're going to be presented with three images from our amazing producer Krista. Obviously, this is all in good fun, but when we're talking about fucking a work of art, I'm not actually drilling a hole into this painting and sticking my junk into it. We're not? I mean, I wasn't. I was kind of <laughs> looking at this as more of a metaphoric uh, idea of like maybe which work of art we would have a little fling with, which uh -huh. work of art we would keep forever, and which work of art we hate Just so much we would out. get rid of. And, yeah. and I, I look at it as more of a time, but in terms of like taste, like which one do I like enough? to stick with. Mm -hmm. But I think one could also look at this and go, you know what, which one do I think is worth them? Like, like a gold digger, right? Like some people get married to be a gold digger. So are you looking at these works of art, trying to assume which one is maybe the most valuable and marrying that one? So you can kind of uh, make off and live off and be a pool boy to one of these uh, pieces. Well, see, I think in more practicalities, see, well, I look at it and I say, all right, does this kind of excite me a little bit? Or is this somebody I want to party with? You know, um, you look at it and you see, are they having fun? Do they know how to have fun? That's the one I want to fuck. Krista, can you please introduce our three works of art? Sure. Okay, so I've got um, King Tut's Sarcophagus um, as your first work of art. I'm sure you guys are slightly familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, then we have um, Dogs Playing Poker from 1894, also pretty famous. And then we have um, The Birth of Venus by Botticelli from the Renaissance. Why don't we start with the dead body, <laughs> meaning the it's mummy, fine. the sarcophagus. Okay. Uh, let's first visually describe it just for anyone who's never been anywhere in their life and doesn't know what one looks like. Right. I mean, we're essentially talking about a burial tomb, Egyptian, covered in gold and design. Ridiculously ornate. Very ornate. Good adjective. It's a, uh, it's a coffin, clearly. It's uh... And it, it, I am guessing that it has the likeness of King Tut himself. Yes, uh, gold-plated. Gold-plated with his crown. Uh, I don't Actually, not even a crown. What do you call those things? I don't know. Headdress? Idea. Maybe a headdress? headdress. Yeah. Let's call it a headdress. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. It is very attractive. In a, uh, I mean, from an art standpoint, too, it's also very, I mean, it's amazing. And it's, it, I didn't realize, I never realized that it was front and back. I've only just seen pictures of the front, never seen pictures of the back. But you think they're just like, eh, no one's going to look back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're putting it down into the ground. Sure. You're only going to see it at the top of it. Plywood under there. <laughs> what, I, what I like about this is this actually, this says more about Krista than anyone, I think, because she wants to know which, she wants to know if we're basically going to fuck a dead body or a dog. Mm -hmm. Right? You sick fuck. Listen, that's the game. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Does it come with the rotting corpse inside or no? Mm, no. No, empty. No, we're going just with the sarcophagus. I could sleep in that. So there's a functionality to that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He was, he was, he was a, a lot smaller dude. than you. Yeah. It's like half your size. <laughs> and I almost want to put the sarcophagus in my house and be like, this old thing. Just use it as a fucking doorstop. <laughs> oh, that's just King Tut's sarcophagus. So like marrying that one means it's in my house forever. I don't know. I'd be a little worried that this thing's cursed. Yeah, I, I've seen... Raiders of the Lost Ark one too many times. I wouldn't fuck with something like that. It's kind of hot though, right? I mean, obviously that's a male figure, but he's, he's quite attractive. Because he's covered in gold. Oh, look how effeminate his facial features are. He's got like eyeshadow on. Attractive guy. Sure. No? Sure. Let's <laughs> try to convince you to fuck a sarcophagus. It ain't happening. <laughs> Let's examine a little more closely our next work up for debate here, which is... The classic dogs playing poker, smoking cigars, drinking alcohol. What is the name of this? Yeah, it's called Poker Game. It was commissioned to advertise cigars originally. It was painted in 1894, so it sold on auction in 2015 for $658,000. Is it just me or these dogs look racist as fuck? 
Like, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's not. I just feel like they're like, you notice there ain't no. uh, No other breed. Right. Yeah. So if we were just to describe this. Yes. They're in a dimly lit room with a green lamp right in the center of the round table that they're all sitting at. It's a poker table, clearly, and they're playing poker. There's the chips on the table. There's the cards. Some of them are holding the cards, fanning them out. They're kind of looking at each other suspiciously. I find the dog one to be fairly trashy. I would say they're playing poker, so they could be fun people to hang out with. I'm trying to understand the artist's motivation here. You know, like some people are like, oh, I'm going to paint angels and Jesus on the top of a church. And other people are like, I'm going to paint some fucking dogs getting drunk playing poker. Like dogs don't play poker and drink. This is like some weird fetish, like furry thing, right? You know, those people that are like into that weird shit. None of the thing about this is normal. This reminds me of like some Howard the Duck weirdo shit. Yeah. A little bit. So I'm still undecided, but that's just my initial uh, response. Let's move on to the uh, okay. the next one. Sorry, Krista, remind me what we're looking at here. Obviously, this is a much more pristine, upscale type work of art here. Something you might see in a museum, not in a uh, shitty trailer park like these dogs. Right. <laughs> yeah, so this is The Birth of Venus by Botticelli. It's from the Renaissance. But I, obviously, I think there's a familiarity with this work of art. This is Venus? Yeah. Um, Naked? Nude. Naked. Standing inside a, sh- a giant shell, floating on the water, covering one of her breasts. And uh, notice her like lesser attractive friends like cover up. She's always like, hey, yeah, she, you yeah, and your good body, it. cover that up. Being such a hoe. Could be your mom. I can't do that. You shouldn't uh, be able and to then either. To the left there is what is that? An, an angel maybe carrying another naked woman to her. That's the angel of hoes. <laughs> it's very bougie. It is. It is. Looks Greek. It does look Greek, actually. It's the obvious one to fuck because the chick's half naked. She's where, like where, ready to go. Where is this? Because I think I've seen this in person. Yeah, it's in the Uffizi Gallery in Florence, Italy. Oh, have you been there recently? Oh, yeah, yeah. Last <laughs> you week were there was, last week. Right? Yeah, I popped in. Yeah. Yep. There's also three chicks and one dude, so. That's what I've seen before. That's right. Okay. Two chicks, one shell. Anyway, it is very Renaissance-y looking. So it comes down to which one we are going to fuck, marry, or kill. I got mine. Yeah? I got mine. All three? I think I know what I'm going to do, yeah. Well, then why don't you go ahead and I'll uh, make my decision. Oh, are you going to base yours off mine? You just want to see if I'm going to fuck a dog or a dead body, so you want to know if you feel a little weird about it. Would it be really that out of place, man? Well, from an art standpoint, the coffin is quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think the dogs are kind of tacky, and I find the goddess to be tasteful. Being married to a Greek chick, it's kind of hard to not go with the the goddess. I'm going to marry the Greek, I'm fucking the dogs, and I'm going to kill the dead body. Because I'm not fucking with no dead thing in my house for any period of time. And again, I'm looking at this as a period of time. Am I going to put this in my home ever, never, a little bit, or full time? You can't go wrong with the work of art on the right, the beautiful goddess. It's well done. It's beautiful. So I'm marrying that one. I'm, I'm going to bang the dogs because I've done it before. It's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> you just got to go somewhere else in your mind. It's tacky, but you know what? We all go through that phase when you're in your 20s and 30s. That, you're like, that dog phase, yeah. You're in college. <laughs> Who hasn't banged in, a couple of dogs in, in college, their day? You're in a dorm. You don't really know how to decorate it, so you might throw a couple of dogs playing poker in there. It's dorm room artwork. It's That's dorm a great room. way to fucking put it. I'm not putting King Tut's anything in my house. I've seen way too many films with Brendan Fraser that have taught <laughs> me to make better decisions in life. So those are my, those are my decisions. I agree 100%. Well, you know what? 95% because I've never fucked a dog. You want to come over sometime? <laughs> you know how to party, mister. I got a whole kennel. The Birth of Venus is beautiful. It is definitely something you want to keep, you want to cherish, you want to hold on to forever. You'd be proud of that. So, yeah, you would marry that. Why not? King Tut's tomb, exactly what you said. It's That's creepy, crazy shit. I'm, I ain't messing with that. From an art standpoint, I prefer it over the dog. It's dogs. gorgeous. I mean, over it's the dog. absolutely gorgeous. I mean, yes, from an art standpoint, without a doubt, it's definitely more appealing. From a literal standpoint, though, if you were going to- what standpoint? A literal okay. standpoint. If you were going to fornicate with one of those dogs, which one do you find <laughs> most attractive? <laughs> That's two for two that we're in alignment with, with one another. Is it? Yeah. We, we both have time? either good or shit taste, or just psychological problems. <laughs> I want to know which one Krista- which one are you rolling around in the ground with? King Tut. 
Yeah? Yeah, I'm not scared of any ghosts. Really? Please. You're just trying to sleep your way to the top. Exactly. You know, I can introduce you to Nate if you need. Please. Because he's no longer with the Olsen twins. I've known you for how long? He's no longer with the Olsen twins. All right. That's the end of our episode. Before we go, we got to figure out this alcohol situation. Yeah. We've been given two drinks. One of them's probably got roofies in it, just by the way we've been acting. But one of them has been marked. The other's not. We're drinking two types of wine. I think the idea behind it here is one of them is an upscale, expensive wine, and one of them is a dirt-cheap, shit, bodega, probably made of turpentine wine. (laughs) Am I correct in that assessment? You're correct. (laughs) But to be honest, I'm drinking them both. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) slowing you down. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Give me some gasoline. I'll use that as a chaser. I am going to say that the marked glass, it went down too easy, and, I, and I've tasted really expensive wine before, and it never goes down easy. Well done, Rob. So I prefer the shit wine. So the more expensive one is from Napa Valley. It retails for like $40 a bottle. The cheaper one is from Argentina and retails for about $7.99. All I know is that dog painting's looking pretty good right about now. <laughs> Couple glasses of good and bad wine, that'll do it to you. Yeah. Well, Rob... I think we did a lot of good here today. We spoke a lot about art and the value of art, what it's like to be a working artist, and money. We talked about fucking dogs and dead bodies. That's a (laughs) win-win. If you want to learn more about our podcast and check out some of the amazing art that we reviewed and spoke about today, it's real easy. Just go over to listentoyourartpod.com for a visual map of each episode. And don't forget to email us, comment, and contribute. We want to know your thoughts. And we're going to end this episode with a quote from our buddy Andy Warhol, where he said, making money is art, and working is art, and good business is the best art. And he's a dish. (laughs) 